and to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. I'm so glad you have joined me today as I continue talking about the world of the living dead. You know, this is a very interesting title because it's talking about those without the Lord Jesus. They have no life. They're living, but they have no life. They're the living dead. And aren't you glad you are born again and you have the life of God in you? Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're about to show us in this teaching. To you be the glory, the honor, the praise. Amen, amen. And the reason I'm bringing this teaching to you because I want to show you how to live the life of God today to the full. So we would not be simply living, we would be alive with his life. Oh, Jesus, it's so precious. Now, you remember what what I said yesterday. Why did God create you and I? What's the whole reason for creation? People are still trying to find out, why am I here? Now, God is love. God did not create you and I because he was lonely or because he needed something from us. No, he is the all-fulfilled God. Think about this. God Almighty, who is love, wanted to share his love with us. Isn't that precious? So we were the product of love. God literally loved us into existence. He created us as a result of love. I know this is not fully comprehensible, like we can't fully grasp that beautiful truth that God Almighty created you and I to share his love with us. And then you think about when the Lord said in Genesis 1, let us create man after our image and our likeness. Well, image deals with the way the world looks. They're all, every one of us is created in the image of God. But the word likeness means the church. To be like him means his nature, his nature. So when God created Adam, Adam did not experience the likeness of God because he sinned. And when he sinned, he lost the likeness or nature of God. Because when God created him, he was so full of glory, he did not even see his nakedness. And then God would give Adam a choice, which to me is amazing love, you know. Like, why would God create a man and give that man free will? Because he wanted to see, he wanted to see, will Adam choose my love or reject my love? Will Adam choose to obey or disobey? Um, Obedience becomes love, not the other way around. Obedience becomes love. I remember when my sister Rose 
was married. And my dad, we come from the culture where, you know, marriages are prearranged. And my sister simply saw the picture of her husband, Joey. And they've been married now, years and years, since the 70s. And they love each other dearly. And so she looked at the picture, having never met her husband, or who would be her husband, and she began crying. And she said, oh, I don't like him. You know, he doesn't look what I... And she began crying. And she says to my dad, I don't love him. How can I, how can I marry a man I, you know, I don't love? And my father made a profound statement. He said, you will learn to love him. You will learn to love him. And today, sadly, love in most people's mind is emotional. It's not emotional. It's a decision. It's a decision. So they got married. And because of our culture, naturally, she had to obey. <laughs> or she would have been in trouble with my own dad. And as she obeyed her husband, slowly she began to love him. Now, you know, when you look at the Bible, obedience, and you see how obedience turns into love as you keep obeying the Lord. And so God was, was waiting to see. Will Adam obey me? So he puts the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Now, you know, he had the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in this massive garden that went all the way from Ethiopia to the Euphrates River. That's a big chunk of the globe, okay? Think about the Garden of Eden being the entire Middle East. In fact, and parts of Africa. So. Here in this massive garden with hundreds of miles of land and a beautiful garden are two trees, the tree of life and the knowledge of good and evil. And God wanted to see which one would he choose. And we all know what happened, huh? He chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he was offered by the devil, by the keeper. What Satan offered them was divinity. You'll be like God. Had they obeyed the Lord, had they obeyed the Lord, they would have become like him eventually because that was the promise. Let us make men in our image and our likeness, which they never got to that anyways. And only through Jesus today can we be like him. When the Lord now you know, comes into your heart, he transforms you from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness. When Moses asked God in Exodus 33, he said, show me your glory. God showed him what? His nature, his attributes. He said, the Lord is gracious, is merciful, long-suffering. And God revealed his nature. He made known his ways unto Moses, it says in the Psalms, his acts unto the children of Israel. So what changes us is when we get to know the Lord, when his nature and, and our nature be, become one, and that's what happens at salvation, when you and I are born again. So here this, this man named Adam rejected what God was offering him. And now what, what happened? He died. How? Separation from God. So separation from God is true death. 
and he became a living dead person because the life of God was no longer there. And so the Lord left him, basically the glory left him, he discovers his nakedness. And now the entire human race becomes what? Living but dead, no life. Now, life, okay, let's, let's talk about life. There are four different things we call life. Number one, God's life, true life. Number two, human life, which really is not true life. Human life has the ability to become divine life if we accept the Lord. We can receive divine life. We're, we're the only living beings that can receive divine life. So you have God's life, human life, what else? Animal life, which cannot receive divine life, and then plant life. So when you say life, people have to understand there's God's life, human life, animal life, plant life. So we are the only creatures. We're the, we're, God created us to experience his life. And that word life in Hebrew is chaya. Now chaya means God's life. So Moses, for, for example, in the scriptures, you all remember, in Deuteronomy, it talks about that God Almighty said that he would give his people life through his word. And I shared that with you yesterday, but let's just look at it again. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, and it says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, that thou knewest, that which thou knewest not, Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live, or chaya, have life, is the real translation, by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of, out of the mouth of God doth man have chaya, have life. The King James translation says live, but the true Hebrew says life, have life, receive life. So God Almighty is our life. In Deuteronomy, chapter 30, so you see, we, we have to understand the big difference between living and life. So, it's possible to live, it's possible to live and not have life. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, I just went to chapter 30 and verse 16, we're gonna look at that one more time, we saw it yesterday. In that I commanded this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgment, that you may live, King James says, but the Hebrew says that you may have life and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. So God Almighty is our life. And like I said earlier, it begins with obedience. And then we begin to really have life. So now the minute Adam fell, the, the minute he refused, and he disobeyed. Now what, what happened? He went way below what God intended him to be, and now he begins to be a man of reason. And a big, massive hole appears in his heart and the heart of every human being, bigger than the universe that only God can fill. And now God Almighty leaves that, that big 
space in man so they might search for him. All right, now, we can only find him through revelation. But sadly, humanity has, has been trying to find God through reason, through the intellect. And, and searching for God within the human intellect, within imagination, creates a God made in the image of man. So if someone is looking for the Lord intellectually, he will not find the God of heaven because the God of heaven, the true God, is found by the Holy Spirit. So what happens is when people look for the Lord through research, intellect, imagination, they create to themselves a God created in the image of man, basically a superman, a superhuman being. And what that leads to is greater darkness and deception and the demonic. Because the second they find that God, whom they create intellectually, they are now deceived and they end up in darkness. So think about that um, our first parents, Adam and Eve, did not become as God, like Satan said they would, because he lied to them. Instead, they became slaves to a lie and to the devil himself. Created to rule, think about this, created to rule by God's life, they ended up being absorbed back into dust. I'm going to say it again. Created to rule by God's life. That was God's intention. Had they continued in obedience. Created to rule by God's life. Now they end up being absorbed back into dust. They physically die. And now uh, what, what happened is when separation happened between them and the Lord, their life became pointless. Their life became meaningless. We were created to be spirit persons. You and I were created to be spirit beings, submitted to God. And Adam and Eve lived in that realm. They were not even aware of their bodies or their nakedness. All they saw themselves as were vehicles of the Spirit, lit up with glory. The, the light of God shone through them, no different than the light of God shone through the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration. But now when sin enters in, Everything is turned upside down. Their bodies were stripped of the glory of God. They went about frantic, frantically trying to cover themselves with some leaves. They lost the meaning of their existence. They lost the meaning of their existence, existence when they lost the glory of God. And to this day, people are asking, why am I here? God created Adam and Eve with the purpose that they be spirit beings, living in obedience to him, becoming like him. But when they disobeyed, they lost the glory of God. They became slaves to Satan. 
sin now turns everything chaotic. God's glory is gone. They frantically are trying to cover themselves with anything they can find, like fig leaves. The meaning of their existence is gone. And ever since then, man has been saying, why am I here? So humanity without Jesus are persons, in fact, flesh persons, living with their flesh bodies at their center. Anyone without Jesus is simply a flesh person, not a spirit person, a flesh person, living in a body of flesh at their center. You know what that is? That's a frame without a picture. No meaning to a frame without a picture. Why put a frame on the wall and no picture in it? So man becomes a frame and no picture. Think about that. No meaning. And without the picture, there's no point to the frame. Why hang, hang a frame on a wall and no picture inside of it? Think about man has become a frame. He's empty, there's nothing there. Because what God intended, is gone. In 1 Peter, we have an amazing portion. Are you enjoying there all this marvelous truth there, Chetty? It is awesome because it's true. Chad brought a friend with him today named Kevin. He's sitting here listening. Are you learning anything? Well, listen. It says, for as much, I'm reading 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain, vain conversation. He calls life without Jesus vain. You know what that word vain means? It means aimless. No aim in it, like a frame, no picture. From your aimless life, aimless conduct. Wow. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your aimless life received by traditions from your fathers. In Ephesians 4, 17, Paul calls life without Jesus this. Let's go to it. Come on. Ephesians 4, 17. Anyone who is not saved is a frame without a picture. Anyone without Jesus is simply an empty frame, nothing in it. This I say, Ephesians 4, 17, this I say and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. That word vanity means futility. Futile, empty, no reason to even be there. And that's why people today, they get up in the morning, they work all day so hard, they get home and they go to sleep and they do the same thing the next day and the day after, and then they do it every day and on the weekend they just want to rest or watch some boring program on TV and then when it's all over they die. That's not life. That's not life. God did not create you so you can go and work so hard to make a dollar, whatever money you spend in your country so you can eat and have shelter, and then you die when it's all over and end up in hell. 
That's not real life. That's not real life. I have two dogs that my son has in his home. Beautiful, great days. They worry about nothing. They, they don't have to get up in the morning and work. They don't have to go and find a job. They have, they have no, they don't even have to go and buy food. They just enjoy it because we, we give it to them. So a dog has a better life, forgive me, than people that have to work so hard day and, day and night and then they die. What's the use? I was in a, in a mall in California one time with one of my uh, people <laughs> and watching people going and, by and coming. I, I said, you know what we are looking at? And he looked at me and said, I said, I said what are we looking at? We are looking with dust with legs. Dust with legs. That's all they are is dust with legs. No meaning to frames, no picture. But when Jesus comes in, aha, his picture comes in. And then the frame has meaning because his image comes into our hearts and lives. His likeness. Ooh, everything changes. So why? Why are people today living like a frame and no picture in it because of sin. Um, that word sin, by the way, is the Greek hamarthia. Now, hamarthia uh, means to miss the mark, to miss the mark, meaning we, that Adam did not receive the glory of God. You know, I taught on Monday the hope of glory. The hope, if you haven't seen it, you got to go and watch this on Monday from this last week. Because we were created for the glory of God. Jesus said, I will that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. And he said this, the glory you have given me, I have given them that they may be one as we are. So our destiny is the glory of God, that God will share his glory with us as his people. We would be like him. We shall be like him as he is. Isn't that wonderful? The Christian life is not about, well, I want to for, you know, I want to know God's forgiveness, joy and peace, and I want to make sure I make heaven. That's the beginning of Christianity. Christianity is being transformed into his image day by day. Till we are no longer seen, and all we will see is Jesus. Hallelujah. So missing the mark is the reason for all the trouble. But to share in God's glory and life was the reason for creation. So man missed the mark, and now by setting up some different target, different reason, which is really a lie, you have all this mess out there. Separation from God, that's what's happened. And separation from God means that uh, sin rules their life. Romans 6 and 6 says this, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not serve sin. Meaning without Jesus, people will serve sin. And sin is a terrible tyrant, terrible master. And only through Jesus, only through Jesus, 
can you be reconciled and live as God intended you to live? So Ephesians chapter 2, as I close, and then we're going to pray. Look at verse 1 of Ephesians 2. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, or age, according to the prince of the part of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conduct or conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, thank God for that. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Now I'm going to go on with verse 6 because it's powerful. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. Only the Lord, only through Jesus can we be reconciled to God and begin to experience his life, his life, as God really intended for us to experience life. So it's not about living. It's about the life of God alive in you and me. I am come they might have Zoe, life, Hebrew, Chaya, life, and that more abundantly. That's the promise, that you and I will live his life. In him is life. Lord, how we praise you. So living for the Lord today, if you want to share in his life, you have to walk away from sin. You have to walk away from the world. You have to deny self, take up the cross, follow Jesus to have his life. Cleave to, to the Lord with all your might. Experience his life today and every day because that's the promise of God not to live with no life, walking, living in the world of the living day, but to have life and that more abundantly. Let's pray, Lord, bring them there in Jesus' name. Let them experience your promise. You said, I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Oh, blessed Holy Spirit, make that reality in every one of our lives. We give you the praise, dearest Jesus. Touch your people. Answer that cry, meet that need in their life today in Jesus' name. And become, Lord, become their life daily.
Jesus is life. And where he is, there's no death. Isn't that wonderful? And that's where you, you and I become free from the fear of death. That's why Paul said, for me to die is gain. When I'm out of this body, I'm with the Lord. Well, thank you for joining me today. And I'm going to have a, more, a very powerful teaching again tomorrow. So please don't miss it this whole week. And then Good Friday is this Friday. So join us for a beautiful healing service. And yes, we will also have Zoom, people on Zoom to join us for the healing service on Friday. So, but make sure to just join us. And you can watch the great Good Friday communion, Good Friday service on Friday on all the platforms. Tell your friends about it. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. And I pray to give to his work today. He will bless you. He will multiply the seed you sow. And he will greatly increase the harvest in your life. And he will protect you from harm, financial harm in the future as you obey him. As you sow seed in his work. Because you see, when we give, we receive. And when we give, we also literally see protection. God will protect our future financially. So when the world's economies collapse, nothing will happen to us. And I will remind you, the Bible says, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed ever begging for bread. How? By giving to the Lord, we secure our financial tomorrow. So never stop giving and God will keep giving the harvest again and again, with protection for the future. All right, so go ahead and sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on, or go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM 45777. And don't forget my book, Mysteries of the Anointing. Everything I've learned about the anointing and experience is in this book, 48 years of learning and experiencing the anointing, and the dangers. There are dangers too that people don't know about. Make sure to get this book from your bookstore or on Amazon or everywhere books are sold, published by Charisma House. Okay, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. I want to invite you to the most important pastors, leaders conference we've ever had. This will be the most important time for us ministers to get together. And it will be held May 25 through the 28th in Orlando, Florida at Thrive Church in Apopka. Please make sure to register and be a part of this amazing, life-changing, most important conference. And I repeat, the most important pastors, leaders conference we've ever had. Make sure today to register. The information is on our website. Go to our website and register today. I'll see you in Orlando, May 25th through the 28th. God bless you.